why I overstayed a film was shot in front of a live studio audience. Welcome back to Flyover State of Film. Welcome back. Hey guys, it's been, it's been too long. It's been too long. TJ just crawled out of a hole to join us today. How this are you, TJ? This is purpose. This hair looks great. <laughs> got some uh, product in it. Brian, how are you? Yusuf, how are you? I'm alive. That's good. That's good. Uh, how was bowling? How was bowling with the elderly? It was great. I fucking uh now wait, he hit. didn't say elderly, he said older ladies. That could mean what are they in their fifties? Uh That's the youngest the was forty five. Okay. So, so they're like ladies seven. you work with. Because elderly is a whole different thing. My grandma was on a bowling league and she would fuck you up if you messed up her game. Like if you were hanging yeah, like, I'm you know a what terrible bowling. Or like dragging ass or like I not dropped, getting your turn, not paying I dropped, attention. I dropped, Those uh, old used to get pissed. So I knew I that when you said had to be talking about something. I'm else. just jealous he got to go bowling on a Tuesday night. Anyway, welcome to the I number dropped, one bowling cap. Pod- on their asses. The closest one was seventy five. One fifty. Turn asshole. Uh, welcome to the number one bowling podcast on the Spotify network. I hope we made your Spotify top five of the year. Thanks for sharing. Real quick, this is mini mini topic. Just a guess, how many bowling podcasts do you think exist? It's 47. There has to be a shit ton. I was going to say, definitely like double digits at least, right? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe triple digits. There has to be like NASCAR, golf, everything. I I think we could probably, I think, I think we'd be surprised how many bowling podcasts there are. I'm going to Google. Yeah. You know what? Do do Google while we uh, get to this. So, uh, I didn't think there was much news to talk about since the last time we, we jumped on. Um, but, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is coming out next Thursday. I think we're all... No Way Home. No Way Home. Uh, whatever, Home in the title. No Way Home is coming out. Uh, now this is called the Home Trilogy, right? They're paying us for this, dude. Internet's all buzz. Uh, and I think we're all going to see it, or we'll all be seeing it at some point. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought maybe we could start. We could just start talking a little retrospective. I just watched from Toby to last Tom Holland. Uh, just some Spider-Man movies and memories, and like what our thoughts are on, uh, you know, the the pantheon of these movies because they all have their ups and their downs. I think each one of these sets. Can I just start by saying that like. The first Sam Raimi Spider-Man, when I saw it in the theater in 2001, was like a, a, an experience. One of my like 
made me best movie watching experience. I came home, oh. I called off work. I was like too worked up. I was like too excited to having seen a comic movie brought to life in that way. Um, and I called off work that day and just hung out with my friend and like talked about comics and shit. It was like, it was messed up. Uh, it, mm. it was, it, it like affected me hey, in man, a deep, deep way. Ten years uh, younger, so, I saw it than you, and I remember that movie experience as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, but, it was, but Brian was in his late fifties. That's right. This is actually years before when I was. Uh, this was Brian's Brian, first family. This was ta- near the tail end of my first family. Brian was as old as Danny Glover is in Lethal Weapon One. Yeah, Danny Glover, who like Toby Maguire was, like the, the beard that was. Coming all the way down into his shirt and was real. It was real raggedy. He looked but bad. he was like jacked though. Like oh. that in that bed. Anyway, this that's the end of the episode. So wait, so you you uh, you skipped work just to talk Spider Man? Yeah, basically, I came home and just like hung out and like talk Spider Man and like watched some other movies and stuff and like just didn't want to go to work. I was like too jacked up. I was like too happy. Too excited to go do to work. I'm not gonna wait, like ruin this perfect night by going to work. So now, did did this first Raimi Spider Man have a bigger impact than you would think than the first X Men? You know, they're the Godfathers of what yeah, definitely for that. me, absolutely. I mean, I liked. I never, I didn't love the first Blade. I like it better now than I did when it first came out. Uh, spoiler alert: that's not on my list for later, but it could be. Um, and then. I but I I like I definitely liked X Men was good but Spider Man was way above and beyond it was like they he wasn't like high he wasn't embarrassed to have the colorful costume it looked like a comic book come to life it felt like that you know it, like it was so recognizable to me as what like I love about the comic book and like seeing the very obvious Peter Parker story that I knew just like brought to life in full color and just like looking exactly like I thought it did from the yeah, page. It's a great movie. It was, it was amazing for me. Yeah. And it's, the camp factor and the, I mean, this Raimi factor is just so much fun. And right. Will and the foe just fucking hamming it up. Also, it's, he, it really feels like a comic book brought to life. It doesn't feel like a comic book story told in the real world, which is what we get now. It feels like a comic book on the screen. Really? It, it's aged so well too. Mm, I agree. Uh, uh, and then, and then Spider-Man Two, they just they they peaked as a series with just how great of a movie that is. Yep. Uh, I still go back and forth on the first one being Spider-Man as good as Two. I know people love Two, and everybody always said Two uh, is the Pretty best strong. one. But uh, I think One, I think One is as good as Two. <laughs> One's better. There. I, I see that. Better I just watched them last week. They have the same through line. There's no... You put them together, it's one movie. There's no difference of a sequel to a, a first movie, you know? And, like, way it's shot and I will say that I used to think X2 was also a perfect comic book movie, and I think Spider-Man 2 has aged better than X-Men X2. X-2 has not aged great. Spider-Man X2's 2. pacing is really off. It's real... It's a little... It lags. It, um... It, it it's so good it's just not that yeah right no it's still like especially for its time like you know pre the the uh, whatever iron man mcu era or whatever yeah um it's fun then we get into spider-man 3 which biggest disappointment oh, in my life and wow what a letdown right like looking back i should have been able to predict it was going to be bad but at the time i didn't i didn't have it in me to be like no yeah, this but okay 
fine, it's bad, but luckily it taught us a lesson not to overpack the movie in the third go around, yeah, right? No not one put ever too many again. bad guys, not no. many plots. No. So we learned our lesson, guys. It's not going to happen again. It never happened again. Thank goodness. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh. Now I will say that movie's got some amazing shit in this the like Sandman's birth scene where he like comes up from the sand. That's incredible. That's like run out of comics. And the way like the drama of him like pulling himself together to like grab grab the thing out of the sand. Yeah, oh it's so good. There's a good movie in there. Yeah. And I love the Tobey Maguire black suit Spider Man, like out in the street acting like a show. Like, I love that vibe of it made him evil, immediately evil. Like, and that's how it manifested itself. The funniest so fun. scene. I laughed in the theater and I've laughed ever since. The like, funniest scene. so mad about that yeah, shit, though. The funniest scene of, of that whole thing is in the jazz club. He goes to that, like, clearly model playing the, the, the hostess and was like, give me some sugar. Or like, oh, no, give some shade. Give some shade. Yeah. He slips her like a twenty. It's it, it's 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 funnier than him dancing, and she's like, oh, okay. all so ridiculous. Um, I, a big, I was a Venom fan at the time, as growing up in the '90s and whatnot, and like seeing him thrown away with such disregard bummed me out. And then finding out later it's because he was forced down San Francisco. It's like, I like Venom, but I don't want anybody to have to put Venom in their movie they didn't want to. Like, that sucks too. I did like Topher Grace. I still like Topher Grace. But <laughs> I, like, I like him as a person. Yeah, I, I like Topher Grace. an interesting actor. It, it's just weird casting. But it, it is, but I can see if you're trying to cast the like evil twin, the evil mirror image of Tobey Maguire, I can see how you land on Topher Grace, right? I get it, I get it. Like, like, to me, that with, part makes sense. When a That's date not with what Pat Hamilton. is in the comic books, though. What movie Eddie was he in the comic marriage? books is like a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> one of his friends slept with his wife because they thought they died. What? No, no that's Tobey Maguire movie. Brothers. Oh, Brothers. Yeah, who's the brother? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Who's in Spider-Man? Isn't that also the plot of Pearl Harbor? Yeah. Who fucking knows, Brian? I just know we lost. Okay, just asking. Uh, so, I, that we lost. I, I, I did. Uh, we actually I, won. I did watch a video today. I don't know history. Wait, yeah. Talking about his Sam Brady Spider Man 4, and then it, he was just so burnt out. He went, you know what, guys? I don't want to waste your time. Just reboot the series. <laughs> and they were like, thanks for not wasting our time. Yeah. I don't blame um, you. Without dare I say, a. Time. Better feel Peter about... Parker or a better Spider-Man? Um, like, because one could be Spider-Man, one could be Peter Parker, and then the other one kind of just balances back and forth. I don't forth. like this character oh. at all. What is this character? I don't like <laughs> it. No. I think I like, it was like a fucking ass. I, I, like, I like this character, TJ. I got what you were doing. Um, <laughs> like um, well, actually, they sent us to the screening. Behind. You know, I was really excited because the first movie I ever reviewed on my channel was The Amazing Spider-Man 1. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, I have a special place in my heart for that piece of shit because they sent me to the screening and I got to meet Garfield's assistant. And like Peter Parker isn't necessarily a nerd as they always make him out to be. He could actually be a regular guy, just be an outcast, you know, he could be good looking, but he just doesn't fit in with everybody. Yeah. I mean, listen, 
was he skating around like he had problems? Stop this kid, please. I don't get. I don't. Yeah, I know. We're just doing someone else's <laughs> review now. Is that what's yeah. happening? No, I don't know. TJ, we were vibing though. Thank you. No. We can start a new channel with that. One. We can. We can. Actually, <laughs> it'll probably get that thousands character, of we'll That character does not get his own show here. And they'll be okay. like, <laughs> I just want to stop this. Like, uh, these, these, these two nerds, they just know so much about comics, but they really just read the Wikipedia pages. So that's okay. what I do. Okay, Hal. Let's, let's reel it in. <laughs> uh, I almost went again, but then I just stopped. <laughs> I'm, I'm <waiting. coughs> So ama- the Amazing Spider-Mans, how do we feel about them? Are they, does everybody universally hate them? I don't think the first one is awful. No, it's, it's fun. Like, it retreads a lot of ground, and I wish that the uh, the lizard look was more like the comic book lizard. I want that long crocodile face, yeah. you know? I generally don't like them because they feature uh, too much Dennis Leary. Mm. Well, yeah, that's true. First yeah, at least he's dead in the second one, though. I but like... he still like, has some flashbacks. I the only thing that really ruins both of them for me is I think the whole like the parents were interconnected to you being Spider-Man is is so dumb. Oh, yeah, it is dumb. really dumb. And it, it it it's like too coincidental, especially when you find well, out that like <laughs> uh whatever his name I think like uh the dad used yeah. his blood to make those spiders and that's why it connected with Peter. I have a question about this. Was, I was, again, I, was, I rewatch all the Raimi Spider-Mans. We'll get to that in a minute. Because um, I don't want to jump in on this bullshit. Um, but, so in the first Spider-Man, when she's like, oh, well, there's 13 or 15 spiders. And Kirsten Dunn's shitty character goes, well, there's 14. And corrects her. He's like, oh, they must have one away. What happened to the rest of those spiders throughout the entire series? They could have been anybody else. They could have been Spider-Man. None of them are, like, they never said anything that died or what they did with them. But in the Amazing Spider-Man, they basically kill them all because the fucking idiot hits a goddamn, like, tripwire. You know what, TJ? It was 2000 when they filmed it. 9-11 didn't happen yet. No one was thinking about what happened to the other spiders. You know, we were just, we were just trying to get that shot we're down. Just sweet summer children, we didn't care. Well, back I was gonna then. say with the Amazing Spider-Man, like I don't know if it was because so I never saw the first one in theaters. It was one of those like things where like I liked comic books growing up. I was never a big Spider-Man fan, if at all. I always thought it was a pretty shitty character. Um, so that's my own qualms <laughs> on him. Um, but like I was stuck in like that dark night, like you guys were saying. Like this feels like a campy comic book city that doesn't necessarily it could be called new york but it's not you know made to feel like it's new york well, it's like this falls batman's gotham it yeah this like falls on like place. the dark knight shit where you're like it's a gritty spider-man that first scene when he's like even when he gets caught by the cops or surrounded by the cops and like he pulls his mask off and he does the whole thing and even like with him fighting the one burglar who like he's like oh no a knife and like I mean, I, I don't know if I just fell into that trap of, like, the gritty realism of it. And, like, how felt within the TSA, TASM 2 fucking destroyed it for me at that right. point. Right, I think it was, like, the first one was good enough that I was like, okay, I'll watch another one of these. And then the second one was such a turd. It was just, like, I, like it was bad and it was when you also, like, trying too hard to be a friend. Like, they were my re- scrambling to do the MCU thing and stuff. On my rewatch, I really was like, oh, wow, like, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are really, like, I want to watch them on screen. They are, they're good together. This is the strength of your movie. Arguably why the fuck, why the fuck did you do the Gwen Stacy death in the second movie 
or do it in the beginning of the first, the second movie, or do it in the, or wait till your well, third. Well, it, this it, one, I would like argue that this one probably throws away some of the most talented people at the time. Like think about Dane DeHaan. Yeah, just gets thrown terrible makeup fest after having you know some great movies come out, and then you even have um. The guy they fucking threw away with Rhino. I, I, I'm doing him no oh, justice. Paul Giamatti, yeah. He thought he was doing Sam Raimi's. Yeah. Dude, when I, I saw that, I was like, let's fucking go. And then he, for him to be thrown away in the first five minutes and the last 30 yeah. seconds of the movie. And they showed that scene in the trailers. In the like, trailer. To find out that the, like, the last 10 seconds of the movie has been in the trailers the whole time. Yeah abysmal you know by the time that movie came out between like trailers and little special like like 40 minutes of that movie had already been released by the time that movie came out yeah. talk about man sony was fucking up they were so desperate it's 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 a rough movie um are we gonna talk to tom hollands too or are we gonna they're just, i just think they're consistent they're like all the rest of the mc movies homecoming i was like this is so much fun I, I enjoy it. Uh, no Way Home, a little more forgettable for me. I just rewatched it for the first time since I if think I've watched it. It's actually called Far yeah. From Home. Exactly. <laughs> I, I haven't really rewatched like... neither. Like, Far I saw them, I enjoyed them, but I haven't rewatched them. I've seen Homecoming more. He fights uh, Mysterio in the warehouse and he gets like, fucked up by all the different illusions. That's really cool. Talk about no, it's a good movie. Like but that should have really been great. more. The no, Jake Gyllenhaal I agree. There could have been more of that, yeah. I like the Jake Gyllenhaal reveal, the Mysterio reveal of how it's like played like yeah. tongue in cheek. Oh, when in the bar and he's like... Yeah, I, that's a good scene. Well, when you find out that it's not just him, it's like a team of people, which makes yeah. sense. Like They all just hate Tony Stark. Like it, it, like we all do. Um, No, they're, they're good. But I think Homecoming next to Spider-Man, like the Raimi one, is probably for me the most I've seen. Because I've seen Homecoming a lot. Like we saw it in theaters like inadvertently like three times oh, yeah, i watched a ton it was again came out right at that where harrison was the perfect age we were watching so much spider-man yeah <laughs> so anyway that that's um spider-man but uh i i'm gonna start actually with your question brian because this goes right into a spider-man um brian's question this week is what is a movie that you have changed your mind about for good or bad and i could It'll just switch your room on it I could just lead right in because I do want to talk about the amazing Spider-Man from watching it last week. I, I just want to start off. This movie is a flaming turd. I thought <laughs> I thought it at the time was a bad movie, right? Yeah, okay. I, you know what? That's honestly and, fair. And <laughs> I and, haven't read I haven't done my rewatch yet. It's and, been a while. And I changed my mind to bring it up by like a score. I thought this scene, the the Times Square scene. Played a lot better the from when the first time I saw it. I thought there was a real, like, could have been, have a real good moment there of him trying to, like, calm down clearly the mentally challenged guy who's scared in the middle of, like, a terrorist attack. Oh, wait, are you talking about 2? Yeah, I'm talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I always thought Amazing a- Spider-Man 2 was bad. Are you talking about Jamie Foxx? Yeah, I'm saying, I'm answering the question. I'm saying my, my opinion of it went from bad to it's not as bad as I think thought it was. Oh, okay. I got like, it's still a mess. It's still an intern, walked with six scripts, fell, scrambled, put them together, and they said, Mark Webb said, yeah, I guess I'll make this movie. I can't believe that Mark Webb directed this movie. They were going to have him do the His whole... last name is Webb. <laughs> <laughs> Yusuf, they were going to have him do the whole fucking universe like Zack Snyder. Yeah, they yeah, thought he was Zack like, Snyder. They were going to be like, all right. DC also thought Zack Snyder was Zack Snyder. So everybody (laughs) fucked up. 
All right, guys, get it trending. Release the Snyder Cut. Release the webverse. Damn it. Uh, oh, we didn't. The only thing we didn't mention, which I think is hailed as like a lot of people hailed as the best of the Spider-Man movies, but nerds online actually are making it their personality, so it's becoming annoying. Is Into the Spider-Verse is amazing. Oh yeah, that's the thing of like that's your that's like me saying that the best Batman movie is Batman uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, or a very Lego Batman movie is the best Batman movie. That's a good one too. But that is becoming I know a fucking. That says that. That is becoming a personality for some people online. So they did release a trailer. Uh, they didn't release a, like a teaser for the next movie, which does look great. It looks great. Uh, that anyway. movie's fucking amazing. Let it go. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, Brian, ask your question. I just want to answer that Spider-Man two because I did write it down. And I oh it yeah, perfect. everybody knows the question. But I thought TJ, since we're still talking Spider-Man, this is a perfect time for TJ to say whatever he wanted to say about oh, changing his God, mind about a so movie. Deep. Okay, you son of a bitch. Well, Joe already stole my thunder because I was gonna say after rewatching the first Spider-Man, I get it. I think it's a real fun fucking movie. I actually had a moment where I'm like, like getting like goosebumpy around the face. I was like, ah, that first moment where he like hooks his hands and does the wall climb. It's so good. It's so good. Go and like, yeah, William Dafoe, like him and back and forth in the mirror, like that whole. That's, like, and look, Jekyll and I, hiding, I, Jekyll and hiding in the mirror. Yeah, like I get everyone thinks the Spider-Man Two is this fucking incredible fucking movie. It's not, um, and everything. Everyone just rides on Alfred Molina's performance. It's basically all it is. Because other than that, it's fucking awful. Anyways, I think William Defoe's Green Goblin absolutely demolishes that entire performance of Alfred his wife died. It was his fault. The claws took over his brain. Great. To have William Defoe, I could watch a whole movie William Defoe plays against himself in a goddamn mirror. Yeah. For, for whatever goddamn reason it is, it could be any like movie. Like the lighthouse, but both I of was, them are I was, That would be I so much more, better. I was legit more excited for Willem Dafoe's voice than Molina's face reveal in that trailer. Thank you. Okay, now we're going a little far. I don't want to shit on Alfred Molina because he is no, he's wonderful. He's fine. He's good. I just don't. I feel like people like shit on Jamie Foxx. Forgetting about Dafoe. And like, I'm not trying to make this an entire Spider-Man podcast. So did Jamie? So did Jamie Fox just watch Jim Carrey play the Riddler in Batman Forever and said, "That's what I need to do." Yeah, and then also Kristen Wiig watched Jamie Foxx, and she yeah. said, that's what I'm going to do. It's in one yes. of the It's the, it's the uh, ponytail and glasses chart, just yeah, for absolutely. films. Absolutely. All right, then, all right. I can't think of anyone else to do that. All right, so Yusuf. Uh, so got, TJ, you what, was with, that did your you change? Did you ever come up with anything, Yusuf? Yeah, I mean, my whole thing was, like, I, never, I wasn't a big fan of it when it came out, but, like, after rewatching it, after having seen it for so many fucking years, I'm just like, I completely get it, and I could get behind watching this over and over again and making it a rewatch for myself. I just the the next two, it just hmm. Kirsten Dunst puts a big one. Cut that out because I might get a lot of shit for that. Yo, oh. yeah, that's that's the most Stop egregious thing now. you've ever. It's the most uh, egregious thing you've ever said on the show. Early too, right? <laughs> so Yusuf. What's, uh... I got a double header, so I yeah, I have an honorable mention. No, no, but it's a double header. So this is thirteen-year-old me, right? Thirteen-year-old me is finding movies, and he thinks it's, he knows the world, and he's starting he to that. look out for uh, new movies instead of the ones that his parents are are uh, renting for him. Wet Hot American Summer. 
Yes. I thought it was one of the most unfunniest shit I've ever seen in my life. When I was 13 years old. Fair. When I grew up, when I grew up, I was fucking like our humor wavelength just synced. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious. This is so like offbeat and it's just so stupid. Everything is so on purpose. When I was 13 years old, I was like, I don't get this shit. Why why are they what is this? What is why happening? Can of beans talking to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and on the flip side is 13-year-old me thought how the fuck did Jim Carrey not win an Oscar for The Majestic? Well, the reason why is because The Majestic is a piece of shit movie and it's very fucking boring. So those are my two flips. The Majestic is god awful. The other day, oh. maybe two or three years ago, I tried to watch it. I was like, oh yeah, that, that drama run that Jim Carrey had. Let me watch it. Halfway through, I was like, fuck this movie. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm bored. I get it. He's not it. I get it. Whatever. It I doesn't matter. It. That's hilarious. Yeah, you probably hilarious. were a big number 23 fan also. Just, no, I oh. actually, I recognize that as a show. I see, I wanted to see number 23, and then I watched it. I was like, oh my god, this is it's awesome. Bad. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw that one in the theater. That, that was, that's rough. I, I watched it like, like two summers ago, and it was like, wow, I just wasted a sunny day watching I'm, I'm, 23. I'm, I'm, I'm glad people got to understand that I like the first Spider-Man now, and I don't hate it. But I actually have a You user. look like you're in a hostage video when you just said that. <laughs> he holds the new favorite. I like Spider-Man now, guys. But when I was like 13, 14, maybe around that time, because I'm pretty sure this is what came out, I thought the Boondock Saints was a fucking just like an that amazing. That was on my <laughs> mind too, dude. I'm amazing. Afraid I'm like, this is fucking breaking all the barriers. Shout out William Defoe. Great fucking role in that too. And then when I hit like 16, 17, I rewatched, I was like, what the fuck? I even had the poster. Oh, yeah. Gaming your that, head. That, like if spoiler that, alert, that one has been on my mind to pick for the show. So. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll rewatch it. I'll always watch it because I, I've, I I've been afraid to rewatch it because I was the same way as like, I was a little older, but obviously because I'm talking about like my early 20s. And like, yeah, I, that was like my shit. I was like, oh, this is this and Fight Club. I knew Fight Club still holds about. up, but you got to watch it. Like, Santé. I still think Fight Club holds up, but like for a completely right, no, different Club, reason. I'm just saying, like, I, those were the only type of oh, movie I'm interested yeah. like, Yes, mm, I'm thoughtful. When you, when you watch Usual Fight suspects. Club as a teenager, when you watch Fight Club as a teenager, you were like, yeah, fuck yeah. And now you watch it as a teenager, it's like, oh, they're making fun of this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Um, you see how this is not good or cool, actually. Oh, <laughs> you know what's fun of that time that doesn't hold up at all? I, I think at least it's not even the um, the Kevin Spacey aspect of it. It's American Beauty. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot of people pointed we out talk American Beauty is one of those. They're like, oh boo hoo, oh I'm bored because my I got too good of a job and too easy of a life. Like, yeah, yeah there was like, a lot of movies that way. A kid charges way too much for weed, by the way, too. Anyway. Uh, Brian, DJ cut, cut, DJ cut to Kevin Spacey a deal. Call me, call me up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's been wanting to hook up with Kevin Spacey anyway, so it's a good time. I love K-Pack. <laughs> he loves K-Pack. redheads. Oh, that, I'm, I'm the fuck. Uh, I had a couple here, obviously, you know. Uh, but a big one for me was Blade Runner, original mm. Blade Runner. Obviously, I'm a big Ridley Scott fan. I definitely understood, like, the technical mastery that I was seeing when I watched Blade Runner. But, like, I never really could get into it. And it really wasn't until 2049 came out in 2017. And I re—I got real, I really liked that. And then I went back and kind of, like, the thoughtful pacing kind of helped me, like, re 
integrate to like get my mind right for the way I should have been watching the original Blade Runner, and then mm-hmm. I can enjoy it. More. Yeah. And uh, and now I like it's like very, that. Those it's two very slow, are so good. Slow pace, very heady. So you have to kind of understand either had been prepped for it by other movies that build up your uh, way of viewing that type of movie or understand what you're trying, what you're walking into. Because a lot of people walk into sci-fi movies expecting either action or horror or just funny. But this is just like, this is just complete mind fuck with some action in yeah. it. There's, there's action, but, Well, it's legitimately like a noir movie, but yeah. it just happens to like have the best sci-fi aesthetic of the 20th century. Like something Wanda that was more influential on what came. Well, right, I would say I've already. I still need to watch. Um, I I need to give Blade Runner a revisit. I had the same thing, Brian. When like I tried watching it and just couldn't connect. It was a couple years ago, so I didn't even. It's bother. Like I'm watching it and I know what I'm seeing is good and well made yeah. and like amazing production value obviously the world and like we talked about most influential sci-fi aesthetic of the 20 between that and alien like definitely had more a wider reaching effect than any other movies i would say like just look at every anime ever like since <laughs> then but uh but yeah it was it was I, i liked i knew it was good but i just never loved it i wasn't you know and it was one of those things that all my fellow sci-fi nerds were constantly on about you know Um, I got so many. It was like, kid loved, and then, you know, oh, that's not that great. Like, you're saying earlier, um, uh, Yusuf, about, like, as a kid, you watched, you know, like, the, or whatever, Brian, or he's the Boondock Saints. Same thing, like, Scarface. We were talking about it on Twitter the other day. Loved sure. it. I think it's a really fun, like, epic that exists. Not good. I thought it was I wrote a review <laughs> yeah. of it on movies.com saying how great of a fucking film it was, being like, how dare Roger Ebert in 1980 give this a bad review? I'll tell you what, when, when this the first clip. came out, like, every single person would have, like, Scarface playing in the background on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. That would probably be the greatest movie of all time. And I saw it first, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it, me and my friends it, in, like, eighth grade, ninth grade would quote the movie to each other. <laughs> like you fucking cockroach, you're top, you're, you're the fucking cockroach, and it's like. Uh, now I watch it, and I was like, okay, this is dumb fun. But, uh, uh, TJ, day you mentioned that about cribs. I watched it on my the Blu-ray the other day, and it just auto started playing the special features. That's one of the special features. The guy's like, yeah, culture today. You watch the. We really think it started blowing up again from being on cribs. Literally, like some proof. It, Every it, single it, fucking episode I'm watching, I'm just like, oh, they're watching Scarface on their 42-inch flat screen. Dude, and they got Scarface posters everywhere. It was a big, yeah. I was like some middle school. It was a big deal, I remember, of like the release on DVD finally and Blockbuster. Yeah. Like you walk into Spencer's God. Gifts and just fucking posters everywhere, uh, black light posters. Well, like, it is a good poster. It is a it good, is good poster. Sure, I have yeah, one absolutely. more honorable mention and another kind of a real answer. Um, Because I saw it as a kid, or like middle school, like that 12, 13, didn't get it. Um, Magnolia. I was like, I don't get it. I I remember like it's engaging. I've still never seen Magnolia. Lose focus. Just rewatch. I have the I have the DVD. I rewatched it last week. And oh, it's and, so long. So and it's yeah, it was like a it. slow day. I was like, okay. And I was like, no, I I understand this movie. I I do think it's good. It's just. 
it's storyless. It's just how people's lives are interconnected loosely. And I get it. I get why it did the thing. It is Tom Cruise's like best drama performance. Uh, probably, you know, John C. Riley's great in it, but it's no Boogie Nights. I've never seen that movie. It's no Boogie Nights. Honestly, the same cast is is in Boogie Nights, minus Tom Cruise, and we cover. There's a bunch of PTA movies that I've always meant to watch that I've never watched. I need to get on that. Does he do uh, uh, what's it called? Two the uh, I watched it. What? No, no. That's a Stanley Kubrick. I've never seen really any Tom Cruise movies other than Risky Business. And uh, Days of Thunder. That's about it. I swear that shot is that's, actually that's a Christmas movie. That's kind of impressive. Movie. Guys, that's a Christmas movie. Did you know it's I watched that as a Christmas movie? Wait, is it really? See, we got, yeah. a, we, got, we got characters as well. Yeah. We, we do we're voices, guys. Christmas movie. I also have you a do the Jim Gaffigan. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah, what are your honorable mentions? Those are my two. Uh, one for me that I loved when it came out that I was like, wary of it when it was coming out because it was a long like kind of a sequel to a beloved classic but i was like no this is actually a lot better i'm surprised how good they did on this this the is lost great uh terminator 3 rise of the machine <laughs> i just rewatched that it's uh, aside from a pretty like smart ending it's pretty fucking terrible <laughs> yeah. the whole and opening then, uh, scene huh? the whole opening scene was like talk to the hands oh, like, oh yeah I need you close. And he puts on the, the, the star glasses because he goes into a gay bar. Get it? Because of gay guys? It doesn't like Tiny uh-huh. Dancer start playing? Ah, something like that. I can't remember. I think it was that one. Maybe. And then I also uh, I wrote down Porky's. But it really almost any teen comedy, like like those raunchy sex Revenge comedies the from the 80s, like, it's... It's hard. Like, you enjoy... I still allow myself to enjoy Animal House, even though there's questionable shit in that one, too. But it's, like, hard. I actually think Teen Wolf is quite bad. (laughs) Uh, Not not in its content, just a bad movie. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think... I think that one holds up just fine, like, culturally-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds is the big one for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like anything where it's like when I was a kid, a teen, and like uh, peeping in girls in the shower, that's incredible. Are you kidding me? That's like a dream. And then you're like, oh, that's right. That's that's crimes. That's doing crimes. Legal. Yeah. Just, like, wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Transition. So, yeah. Transition. Do that thing. Give him a shot, Yusuf. Yusuf. Uh, speaking of bad transitions, who had a good transition as a casting choice? Uh, what's your question? Uh, completely original question. No We've other podcast. Never covered this topic before. We've never you covered said, it. Do you want to do that thing where you tell everybody what my answer is going to be before I say it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vulcan or Tombstone. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, perfect casting. Uh, the reason why we're covering this one again, maybe I don't know. Uh, all of you rabbit fans that comment down below, please comment down below when we did it did before. Uh, only but one now. It's only Ryan. Nicolas Cage uh, got casted as uh, Dracula, which I thought honestly is like just fucking perfect. It's a fast so good. The middle. Oh, that movie so had good. another casting uh, announcement this week. Did you guys hear? Yeah, they're horrible. It's Aquafina is going to yeah. be in it. 
And as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, then this movie definitely does not take place in the past because Aquafina is a person who could not exist in the past. <laughs> like, you can't do a period piece and put Aquafina in it. Fuck it. Well, they're trying, to, they're trying to replicate Keanu Reeves in Bram Stoker. Oh, that would be hilarious, though. <laughs> she's trying to do an accent. <laughs> she just shows up. She's got, like, that, like, like a big poofy dress where she's like, huh? Hey, what? She's got, like, that wig on. <laughs> nah, hey, nah Drax. That's, like, that's my... My Aquafina impression. Pretty good. Yeah, because right, if you so would be my... doing a black scent, if you tried doing an Aquafina. Yeah, yeah, I can't do... talk because I'll get myself in trouble. Yeah. yeah. You got to do a bad uh, Asian accent and a bad uh, African-American accent, and then you can cancel both ways if yeah. you try to do it. Because she does a bad black accent and yeah. is canceled by in black culture. Yeah. No, but it, it's kind of faded away. But her face is always like this. Yeah, it is faded away, you sick, though. <laughs> Oh, God. Magically, like, now with the millions and the mainstream, now he like, no longer wants to uh, smoosh up the culture. I like um, Shang Chi. My I pick. Like I like Shang Chi a lot. My pick uh, was Sean Austin, a Sammy in uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm. I think that's just pitch perfect casting. Uh, that character is just full of love and full of like this warmth. Austin. 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 Give me that ass, Tan. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's perfect. Uh, Sammy um, has to ride that line of, you know, this pure love, but also, I want to say this fater paternal uh, figure or this paternal, like, protector over Frodo as he's trying to take o take the ring all the way down to the mountain. You could say it. Or, you know, this, you know, this uh, queer-baiting relationship. That never actually for fulfills the, the you know you know they did they didn't dare cross that line I guess uh, they didn't because, find the cock ring yeah breaks in his mouth they didn't return the cock yeah. so uh, yeah yeah no it's just perfect Sean is just like you buy you buy that you love he loves Frodo you buy that he would go to the end to, of the world for him and you buy that he's the type of person like you if you see like. You see him in Goonies. You see him in Stranger Things. You see him even in in Fifty First States. He just has this aura. Yeah. Well, just like he's just a good guy. Period. Yeah. And, I was gonna say like Sammy is a good guy. And you just picked a, an actor that Encino Man. Yeah, I would say you picked an actor that in all the roles he's really done, he's pretty perfect for. You know, hands down, like. Mikey and the Goonies, uh, the guy Fifty First Dates, the brother, like even when he's, he's like hysterical in, in that movie. Does the, the flexing and stuff like that? Is there a but guy like, who did Rudy? Like you know, there's yeah. You know, except Joe the Montana, real life Rudy was like a piece of shit. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Rudy. Um, but like Sean Astin's like one of those guys that plays probably the perfect role playing character that you have all these people be like the best character in Lord of the Rings is so and so and this way it's Boromir and it's Faramir and then not. You don't see a lot of people see Samwise, but I feel like Samwise is probably the most perfect character in that movie. Yeah, like Sammy, Sammy is like the emotional core of almost the entire yeah. thri trilogy. Yeah, there are other well. emotional beats. Obviously, there's you know, uh, Vigo with the elves, and we yeah. have um, there's a whole Gandalf. episode. But come on, the whole thing with Gandalf said, "Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee," and I don't mean to. That's that's. I mean, he, I was going to say, even at the end of the first one, spoilers, if you see fucking Lord when of the Rings. When he's drowning. Goddamn ring. When he's drowning, I'm like, dude, 
just fucking walk. And I'm like, oh, he's a hobbit. They're in like three yeah. feet of water. He's dying. <laughs> Can't swim bad. at all. But like that part, you're like, you're only 10 feet from the shore. Like fucking stand up. And you're like, oh, God damn it. Shit. He's good, man. That's actually a great pick. That's a yeah. really good pick. Uh, TJ, what's your reason? Oh, Ryan. Oh, TJ, let's go. Me? Yeah, Brian. I'll be right back, but I'm listening. Oh, okay. Um, oh, let me waste let me waste this time then because mine's sorry, Brian, because I want you to have to probably be here for yours. There's not gonna be much back and forth with mine one because you've talked about this character. Uh, but a jillion fucking times. Also, probably the most successful TV series that's going on right now that no one probably thought of. It's not that he is perfect casting because I'm talking about a voice casting. It's not that he is Probably next to Robert England, like the most iconic slasher persona in the world. It's that now every time I ever see this this gentleman in a fucking film, all I'm waiting for is that laugh or just that one note he hits, and you're like, well, that's Chucky. Like, yeah. Brad, we've talked about Child's Play to a fucking bore, but like, I think Brad Dora. Again, better than Robert England, in my opinion. Better than whoever. Same, I think. Same, I think. Same scale, same level. It's like it's like one of those things where, like, if you see him in other roles, and if you ever go back on Brad Dourif's fucking IMDb, he's in a thousand fucking amazing movies as a character actor. All you do is you hear that one laugh and that one word, and you're like, ah, it's fucking Chucky, and like, it just hits you in these weird ways again. I'm just so happy that we're finally talking about shit. Yes, that's why I wanted to do this while Yusuf was gone. The Uh, weirdest shit, uh, TJ, is how his daughter laughs like Chucky, just her her normal laugh. And and she coaches um, whoever's. Again, I I only seen the first two episodes. I don't want to get into the spoilers of the season. I want to see a series. So this doesn't spoil anything. Like, uh, uh, if you don't. Yeah, Fiona Dorif though doing like I watched her doing like press like an interview for the new series, and she's just laughing at someone's joke, and it's the fucking Chucky laugh. It's like well, she, <laughs> yeah, she was starting to show the young, it, yeah. the young yeah. male actor who plays the younger um, Charles Lee Ray in the show how to laugh on like a, a Twitter clip. If you can find that, throw that yeah, up I there. Did see that. It's it's really fucking good because I'm like fuck man, like he's so iconic in. The role and the voice, because you can be a character, you can look great, you can look just like the comic book, you can look just like the the storyboards and the whole nine, whatever people want to see when they actually read the description of a character. But Brad Dorf for me, is something that kind of transcends that type of thing, to where he could look like Brad Dorf in all these fucking movies, in Priest, some shitty throwaway movie where it's a vampire hunter shit. He does that one fucking line, that one voice, that one like gravelly thing he does, and then you're just like, this guy... Well, he's like seventy something now, I would assume. Uh, yeah, be at least late sixties, if not. Early. Yeah, like he, like no, please. But like, I want more and more of him, and if like you know, years forever, like we lose. We're getting a season two guy, but like you can go back in these movies, you notice like his voice and all these things, even like a snake tongue in fucking Lord of the Rings. You're just talking about like there was a while that I had no idea that was fucking Brad Dorf, right? Seventy one. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean. Mississippi Burning. Yeah, uh, and like when you get the third one when they find him up on the tower and they're like going the whole thing. It's just so good. But Brad Dorf, man. I think that's probably one of the best casted characters, you know, up there. But yeah, we don't talk about Chucky enough, guys. Um, Finally. All right, right. now I'll go. Now that you suspect, we get back to real answers. Um, (laughs) That's a good answer. 
<laughs> it is a great answer. I tried to, you know, I, seventy-one. I not by the way, get out Ooh. of uh, get out of you know my my rut and not say the same things over and over again. I just started thinking about like what were my just who comes to mind when I think about more recent movies and uh, stuff that I that I just loved. Uh, one first one came to mind: John C. Riley in Kong Skull Island. Man, what a great yes. fun performance! He's having a blast. The character is really like interesting and kind of layered and has a great, even though it's a movie that's got like a million characters and doesn't have time to get into a bunch, he gets just enough beats to really like connect with him. And he gets the great little like coming home sequence at the end. The best character of that whole new universe. Yeah. yeah, Because most human characters in that universe are useless. Just throw them away. But yeah, John C. Riley is great in that. He's like, we're all going to die here. You're a good group of boys to die with, huh? <laughs> Was John C. Yeah. Riley ever bad? Yes. But even like a, even Sherlock like, Holmes. Sherlock, oh. Even like those to say, like with these great characters, they cast a good younger part. Like that guy in the beginning, Kong Skull Island, when they're fighting the the um, I'm assuming the Japanese pilot. Yeah. Coming through, like that guy even gave off a John C. Riley vibe, like, and then yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um. And then uh, another one that just recently came out, uh, Delroy Lindo as Boss Reeves in The Harder They Fall. Uh, I've seen it. That's just a lot of fun. I mean, he's obviously wow. playing a like kind of stylized version of Boss Reeves, who was a real U.S. Marshal, who arguably some say maybe the uh, inspiration for the Lone Ranger, but he's playing him as like that cool as hell western character who can't miss who literally every shot is a killer mm. and just like the ultimate badass and he's just like yeah he's things. not breaking a sweat and every interaction oh. feels like he's just like this is beneath me but i'm just right. gonna he's have this always one of those characters that always has the upper hand in every situation no matter what um and he just yeah it was just so cool and having such a good time playing it so. if you guys haven't watched that movie that movie's so Cool. Okay. No, I, I just wrote it down. Mention, but we can wait till uh, till Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, I got. Um, can I ask a question real fast though. Uh, yeah. What would you do if Del Rolando was playing uh, Whistler in the New Blade? That'd he's cast. He's the only cast. cast that, sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's great casting for Whistler. Yeah. I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying he's the only casting. I'm like, who do you you cast Blade? You got to cast Whistler. So yeah, that'd be great. No. He could be like uh, a version of Dracula in the MCU. Yeah, he could be that the bad guy. I don't know. That's, that's even better. That's even yeah, he could be better. the bad guy. Yeah. That's even better. Uh, maybe he'll pop up in Morbius. Oh, Kevin Feige. I, damn it, Joe. Um, anyway, because uh, you know, even though uh, Kevin Feige's like, Venom will take him. Amy Pascal's like, and and take Jared Leto with, please? Please pop <laughs> and, up. And Morbius? Eh? <laughs> when does Morbius even come out? November? Uh, no, no. November happened already. Maybe maybe in like March. <laughs> no, I think I think it's like January. The end of December, January, like early. Oh, it's, it's, a fucking today, like, Janu- it's a fucking January. Opening clip January. of him transforming. Fuck you, um, So yeah, my my pick is uh, it's just the imperfect casting and. Uh, Christoph Waltz as Hans Lander in Inglorious Bastards, just from the minute on screen, that's Hans Lander, and honestly, he's never been able to. I know he's one. feels like the part he was born to play. This character was created to play this one part. And, like, I know he won another Oscar for playing another Quentin Tarantino role, but, like, I feel like he can never shake that just, like, evil Nazi. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, just that, that first cold open and you meet him and you're just being introduced to this world and the fucking glass of milk. And, uh, like, that's a bingo. It, it's a just iconic cinema. And I, I think that role falls. I was trying to think of this question more of like, what role would fall apart with someone else? And I think that role falls apart if Quentin Tarantino does like, oh, well, you know, I was a big fan of um, this. this uh, It's Steve Buscemi. Yeah, of Steve Buscemi. And he hasn't worked in a long time. So let's have him as a German Nazi hunter or whatever. Um, you know, it'd be like a scary, scary role. But like that is that's Hans Landry. You remember the name. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's hard to remember names of specific characters, especially in movies that have big ensembles. So that that's kind of where I went from. Um, do you guys have any honorable mentions for this? Uh, I actually yeah. have at least one. I have one too. I could save it to the. But... Go. No. Uh, you said sorry. Uh, just because it was cool, this guy now gets as a consistent day job doing this. Uh, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. <laughs> uh in the two Scooby Doo movies. It's I mean true. like that, great casting solid. for yeah. for human, right? <laughs> just like perfect. perfect Matthew Lillard, another guy every movie he's in just steals the movie. And and then, you know, it got literally got him a day job being shaggy for the last twenty years. Yeah. Up until Will Forte was the shaggy in the new movie, right? Oh yeah, but I think they were supposed to be younger, so I think it didn't take Yeah, it's he didn't that take that any, really sucked anyway. Yeah. He didn't take anything <laughs> from uh, Matthew's plate. I um, My only other thing, and I guess this is more just thinking about roles that I've really liked and really connected with me. Um, and these are both in two of my favorite franchises of the last decade. Uh, Andy Serkis as Caesar. Mm. And and then Michael Fassbender as David in the Alien movies. Damn it! Like, okay. I just want to... That's a great pick. I just want to kind of coattail that a little bit. And I was going to say, I think Michael Fassbender is Magneto in the brand new. Oh, yeah. Is like spot on, especially at the beginning when like, the only reason I thought that is because you're thinking about like a scene where he's like pig farmers and uh, shoe. Who's the other one? He's like, some of something. Like that whole scene with him and the Nazis. Yeah, I was thinking about Fassbender and Inglorious Bastards too. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, that's what it, that's probably one of them I would probably throw up there too. But I think, yeah, I mean, Michael Fassbender as, as David, I, again, we are a big Prometheus fan club podcast. We think it's a great movie compared to what a lot of people think, but um, that is probably wow, like, when I see people talking shit about it. Like, you'll always see in one of those, because obviously yeah. the king, Ridley Scott, has been in the news like for months, just flying off the handle we talked about that last episode but anytime he's there's a tweet about him there's some clip or whatever you go down there's inevitably somebody in the comment comments who's like still doesn't make up for prometheus it's like make up what what the fuck are you even talking about she ran ran in a straight line because a 40 foot in diameter wheel was fall with was following her and that's like their only complaint is the, the, oh, the it's Charlie always Stern's like, running. oh, the guy got attacked. Why'd the guy reach at that snake? Um, Because his job is to investigate an alien life forms on a, you know, and he and he got excited and he got overconfident. Like, he was I high. Don't know, like, and he was high. 
Yeah, and they were getting yeah. high together. <laughs> like, that's another part. Like, they were smoking weed, like, in their helmets. This is an and... anti-drug uh, message. Anyway. Yeah, Ridley Scott was trying to, like... Anyway, guys, save it. We'll save it for the Prometheus live stream we will do one day. Ten-year anniversary coming up in May, I think. Yeah, Ooh. which probably correlates with our 100th episode. Oh, man, come on. That it's probably Kismet, does baby. make sense, yeah. Uh, we're at 87, I believe. This is episode 87. So duo! Weeks. Best so, duos? All right, yeah, best duos. No, duo best. we want to see, not a best duo. Dream duo. Duo we want to see, dream duo. So, TJ, ask the question. Yeah, hey guys, do you have a dream duo you'd like to see on film? Yeah, awesome, and a foursome. What? What, we're here now? It's all... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it'll probably be like, like chemistry wise. Um, I don't fucking know. Anyway, who are the best fucking duo you want to see in film? Or like a dream duo that hasn't worked together, maybe worked together once, didn't have any screen time together. Directors, actors, production companies with an actor, whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, Yusuf, you start off because you look like you're intrigued. Um. I didn't know how to approach this question. So I could have just pitched a a wonderful, incredible movie that they would have stolen from me, like they're going to steal Linda being Dracula. Or I could have pitched... Hollywood's listening. Yeah, they are... Dude, if if that fucking happens... Can I just say, if that happens, if for some reason that's casted the way it is, you own everything. You can walk away, all right? I need money from it. Um... Also, I'm calling that the well, at least one of those variants is Tony Stark from the alternate universe. Those bad guys. And that's one of my other things that I've called. That won't happen. But um, I was thinking about what is one of my duos that I really love and who could kind of assimilate that same energy and would be fun to see in a movie. Not necessarily a remake, but recapture that magic. And I was thinking about Back to the Future. I was thinking about Doc Brown and uh, Marty McFly, right? I was thinking about that energy, that that chaotic energy of Doc Brown and that smooth talking and just quippy energy of Marty. And I was thinking about we need him back. We've forgiven uh, rapists, at least the, the, the country at large has forgiven rapists. So let's forgive a racist. So I want uh, Michael Richards back. I want... Michael Richards back, you know? He didn't rape anybody. Hey, he had a great redemption on Curve. He did a manslaughter. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. I was literally just talking because obviously we've been watching a ton of Seinfeld on Netflix. And just like how much effort he puts into every scene. Oh, and like you can Kramer. tell he's got like little Kramer. bits and like little thought out stuff. And like we missed out on so much more from him. His post Seinfeld career, he could have given yep. so much more. So and like, I yeah, he made a back. mistake. And he would, but like, I think he's yeah, been he, in actor jail long enough compared to like well, how we let off saying. some other people. The season of Curb played off his his dealing with the the N word incident perfectly. And I don't think Cur- enough people watch Curb. Not no, enough regular gave people groats. watch Curb. He had groats. Yeah. Anyway, I so, just rewatched the season. So he will be my uh, Doc Brown type character. Ooh. Obviously, like he's like. This, you know, he's older now. He can be like this chaotic energy. And I want a creepy young actor. And I'm I'm legit. I'm very serious here. I find this actor to be one of the most hilarious actors right now in terms of this young generation. And his name is Skylar Gisondo. 
Yes. He's the dude from, from Booksmart. Diet. He's the dude from Booksmart, from Santa Clarita, and from Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. he's so good. He's he is he so good. He was a little kid in. So he was one of the young Shawns in Psych as like a little kid. Yes. He is. Oh, and he's I, also I, the little. He's Tommy Doyle in the Ho- Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> this a, asshole is. I like so him as an actor. Funny. His line delivery is pitch perfect. He has this dumb face that you, like, he's just, like, a perfect Marty. Obviously, Michael J. Fox was kind of more slightly suave, but he still had a punchable face, you know? And he perfectly captures that energy. He's very funny. He has perfect line delivery. And I can imagine them just, like, this perfect banter that could, because you've seen him, like, in, especially in Santa Clarita, like, when the family is just, like, almost attacking him or yelling at him. He's the perfect uh, comedic actor that can just bounce off the energy and just, like, deliver a perfect line that the audience can laugh off. Like, hey, okay, he's a great reaction. That's a so good that's the duo yeah. that I want. That's my Wait, movie. Wait, the kid from uh, the new Vacation fucking movies? Yeah. yeah. One? Okay. Yeah, yeah they were... I, I always, like... Said, I always like when it pops up in something. I says more of that psych connection of like, ooh, I remember you as a as a. Yeah. He's really good in Booksmart too. Like He's I know so you said, mentioned Booksmart. Booksmart. That's He's a great role for him too. Santa, Santa Clarita Diet was a great show that needed yeah. one more season. Yeah, it could have used one more season. I really like Santa Clarita Diet too. I haven't seen Righteous Gemstones, but I'm assuming he's. So oh good. my god, so good! He's wonderful. Brian so yeah, was so tweeting like, about that's my it. Deal, man. Hollywood, like, call me baby. The new new season coming in January, I think. I thought we were doomed for like to not get one. I was so happy to see that trailer drop. Oh, so exciting! That's a, that's a All good. Right, beat that, uh, Brian. I think that's the best. I think that's the best uh, Danny McBride show so far. I think they just keep getting better. I, I really, really liked. I don't know. East Town and Bound just tell such a big arcing, like fucking yeah. weird story. I don't know. We'll save this for. I think I only saw one season of Eastbound and Down. To be fair, okay. It's it, it's not the baseball. It starts the baseball and then it goes to strange places. Um. Anyway, Brian, Duo. what do you got? Um. What was the question again? Duos. Oh, the duos question. That's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um. I got hung up because the different. Uh, I got locked in on the actor director thing, and I started thinking about like actor I like, director I like, and also, like, you know, but trying to vibe on people who, like, would fit and be interesting, and I think it would be really interesting to take Bob Odenkirk and put him in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I think he's, like, Better Call Saul has shown that he can do the drama, and obviously he's funny, so he has that balance of, like, to do the kind of Quentin Tarantino dialogue and, like, play out those scenes. I mean, he wouldn't have to be the. He doesn't have to be the star. He could just be in the movie. He could have a good scene. Like, give him yeah, one really good. He doesn't have to drop scene. the n word every two what seconds. What kind of? But I would like him to drop it at least once, just one time. What? What kind of Tarantino movie? Like, what lane of Tarantino? Well, I think he needs to get back to like. I would like to see Tarantino get back to doing a modern movie, like another gangster, like okay. maybe a more modern gangster movie or something. Um, I'd like to see him walk away from historical events. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fine. I'm ready for it to see him do something just like totally that's just a fantasy, just a story. It's a new crime story that's yeah, in 2021. Like that, yeah. All right, what, cool. What if they did like a, like a, I know, Brian, you're a big fan of this, the uh, Leslie Vernon movie, but like Bob Odenkirk is like an everyday serial killer written by Tarantino. 
but we like live his days throughout, like what he does. How he yeah, I think that could be great. Ooh. That's good. Like, yeah, I think that'd be real. That could be excellent. Hollywood, we're just throwing gems. We're just giving watermark. I don't, water- I don't get to do that much, Hollywood. So hey, how do we watermark these ideas? Uh, right. My oh. other <laughs> my other pick for this was our old our old logo, just the, the dog in the, <laughs> the dog flies on. <laughs> my other pick for this was uh, Larry David in a Christopher Guest movie. Oh, yeah. Seems like a no brainer. Oh. Like yeah. Christopher Guest does that same style of like the actors know where the scene has to go, but it's mostly improv and like work through you know and just like. Uh, like merge the curb world with that, you know, like let's give yeah. me, give me Larry David in that environment with those people with, you know, Larry David do scenes with Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and, you know, like put him put him in there. Like they had Ricky Gervais in for your consideration. So come on, like same type of deal, you know? <laughs> um, Good. Yeah. It is mine yeah. now. All right. Mine. It was actually more going uh, writer, director. I feel like this one's just obvious because they're, of the same, not obvious, but uh, uh, I would like to see um, M. Night, and we could flip either way you want to go with this, but I'd like to see M. Night Shyamalan write, no, I'm sorry, I would like to see M. Night, yeah, I would like to see M. Night Shyamalan write a movie and Jordan Peele direct it, or vice versa. Or vice versa. Yeah. I always said, I've said for a long time that, like, I'd yeah, love to see M. Night stop trying to write his own movies and just direct some movies. Like, yeah. he so had a couple like, good ideas in him. I think he overextended himself in the writing aspect. I really so would like to see him focus on. I think they're of the same. I've been saying this for the last few years. I think they're the. Yeah. The, the Jordan Peele's on the same career trajectory of just like, you're the, the new visionary horror this and the twist yeah the twists and you really you know and i think uh get out so just got like a word he he pushed himself in that corner what's anyone called close or yeah it's some nope nope what's nope oh it's called yeah there's a new one like that's what i mean that we there's the new movie they and they were they're hyped up right now like and it'd be one of those things where us was only okay and if nope isn't great it's gonna cease to start to fall into that trap yeah Yeah. and then they'll give him they're gonna give i'm guaranteed they're gonna give him some sort of ip to do if nope doesn't work to like wasn't he supposed to do akira at some point yeah Uh, he was producing yeah i think they i think that just felt wasn't it uh taika Oh was? yeah, I think it was. Right. Maybe that's what it was. Right. I feel either like way, property Adam, and he just kind of like. I think kidding. they, if they put their creative juices together, they could make some really a really interesting, twisty, turny like hard. Like, it's hard. not even like I mean I get what I I completely understand what M Night's doing. Like he's like this is what made me. I gotta do like some type of weird shit. But like even Jordan Peele's doing that thing to where like. You're falling into this hole. Oh, it's a trap. We don't, we don't, we don't give a fuck about the twist per se so much, as long as a story that leads up to that twist makes sense to us. You know, so when the twist happens, we go, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, that's tight. You know why? Or it's just a normal movie. For both, they're like big breakout movies. You know why the fucking twists work? Because we didn't go in there being like, okay, so what's the big twist in this movie going right, to be? Right. That's well, why twists work. Like a, yeah, but also a joke that we like to make at work is like there is no. Pre-trailer, teaser, (laughs) first trailer, final trailer, and then a fucking TV spot for every goddamn trailer. I can't. Today you get get so saturated with that bullshit that, like, even if you want to do Sixth Sense today, it wouldn't work. There would be something that they released 
that we would learn that fucking Bruce they Willis. They released one of those it. trailers where it's like a a a you know a dark light, a, a night vision of the people watching the movie going. <gasps> Yeah. Like, the twist of the biggest twist of the decade. And William Friedkin says it's the scariest thing he's ever something. seen. Yeah. He's made The Exorcist. And it's like, it's not, I don't really think it's their fault that they're falling into that. But like, you got to realize today, we see almost everything in the movie before it comes out. It's mm-hmm. up to us to piece the shit together. That makes it. Oh like, yeah, oh, this when this happens, we you know we're not stupid, but you hit the yeah. nail on the head. Do, you, do you, oh. I know this has become like the Spider-Man episode, but remember like in the summer when like content creators from like YouTube and TikTok and Twitter were like, "Where's our Spider-Man trailer? It's coming yeah, they were, like, out." Complaining that they were owed a Spider-Man yeah. trailer. It was basically. so fucking pathetic. And then honestly. they put out like you know the minute teaser, and then it was like frame for frame, and it was like, "Do you? Do, where's the joy in this?" So even back when we. Uh, us flyboys used to watch like all that movie talk stuff. They didn't even analyze that shit that intently. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like, this is the news today. This is what's fun about it. Not like, okay, so in this corner of this frame, and it's like actually guys, the license plate is saying say, six <laughs> in that, and in that uh, comic book, uh, Mysterio was introduced. So it definitely means that Mysterio is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Next, so next anyway, well, actually, eight one eight is a oh, comic book. Not, right. okay, oh geez, well, you know, in the panels uh, are framed just like the comic book panels here. But back before when, we move on to the wonderful oh, duo of Mel Gibson, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go real quick with this one, real fast. Um, oh, I'm gonna actually kind of like shoot at Brian's heart with this one. I know they've done at least two movies together. I'm not necessarily sure they've had a lot of scenes together. But if I had to watch two people that I grew up with loving and thinking they're greatest actors of all time, um, I'm going to make – I know he's coming back in some kind of like way for Disney+. Plus. Rick Moranis and John Candy. How? Why? Don't fucking know. Don't really give a shit. Like – just All I'm thinking in my head is like, <laughs> as easily as Ed O'Neill, which I love in Little Giants, John Candy could have played that role. And probably oh, better John. As much as I weird. love certain people in Rick Moranis movies, like even the neighbor in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, replace that guy with John Candy. I don't, it, I don't know what it is. I just never really got to see these guys go back and forth. I'm pretty sure they're both Canadian actors. Yep. Yeah, they're from uh, on that. Okay. They Second are. City. Yeah. A CTV. But you don't, you've only seen him in Bruce's Millions together, and you've only seen him in Spaceballs together, very limited roles, never really interacting Little at Shop all. of Horrors, but they don't, like, have scenes together. No, like. I need to see them, like, almost a plane Trains, Automobile-style, like, buddy yeah. comedy, even if it's, like, instead of Dan Aykroyd's character. I could do this all fucking day, but I love all these movies that both these guys do, but if you just replaced one main character in those movies with the other one, would have been a boost. So, so TJ, I got a big question oh. to ask you. Um, do you replace John Can? Do you replace um, fucking what's his name in Big Bully with John Candy? Yes, that was my number one thing. Tom I, Arnold. Tom Arnold. Tom yeah. Arnold's character replaced with John Candy's character because John it's a classic Candy, becomes a John classic. Candy's a big dude. He could be a bully for fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that movie becomes an actual like some of that classic. Uncle Buck energy where he's kind of a scumbag yes. a little bit. Yeah, like. like he has his fucking hatchet in the fucking trunk. He's got the drill. Like even just even at that part, you can make Rick Moranis be the father in fucking Uncle Buck, and 
they have a small role together. They're brothers, but like it just kind of ex- extends it. Where I'm like, God, oh, twins starring. <laughs> Sorry. They'd be better in twins. I mean, yeah, maybe. I just watched Twins and Twins rips pretty hard. It's pretty. Fantastic. Twins is Twins is pretty great. You know what? I'm gonna put that on my Christmas list. This is what I want for Christmas: the Shout Factory version of Twins. It's pretty. A joking bad. one, a holiday one, which is actually funny. What the movie's called? I think the Holiday. But it's like stars Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, right? Yeah. But dating dorky dudes. Well, I mean, Jude Law's not a dork, but Jack Black, absolutely. Flip them with Rick Moranis and John Candy. Even Chris better. I just tried nice. watching the fucking holiday the other week because I was like, oh, it's on Hulu. Couldn't couldn't get into it. Couldn't couldn't do it. But that's like if I if I had to pick it. Now we can move on. You want to get into Lethal Weapon? Oh, right. Yeah, and I wanted to clarify it to everybody out there. When we talk about Lethal Weapon, we mean the movie and not TJ's breath. <laughs> oh, he's 40 years old. All right, let's move All right on. so that's the last time we're ever going to have a podcast. All right, guys. <laughs> Kill them all. I'm only 34. I'm only 34. Um, hey, I turned 30. Uh, all right, so uh, last... Last okay. week or the other week, it was my pick. I spinned a wheel with Christmas adjacent films uh, because we are in December, and we land on Lethal Weapon, which I believe has been a uh, revisit for all of us for the first time in a long time, if I'm not mistaken. It doesn't get the love of the Christmas diehard movie argument. Nobody wants to argue about sh- Lethal Weapon. Everybody's like, nobody cares. And I don't the think entire it scene is in a Christmas tree patch. Like there's there's Christmas in it, but it's not integral. It's just a Shane Black like dropping for every movie of his to be around Christmas at this like. I love Predators. The Predator, which one is it? Shane Black's Predator. The Predator. The Predator. I don't fucking know. It was shit. All right. So, uh, if you're not familiar with *The Weapon*, it is from 1989. It stars Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Danny Glover is an aging cop who is too old for this shit. Although he is only, the actor's only 43 and he's playing a 50-year-old. And then he stays a 50-year-old for a long time. Like, I still think Danny Glover's just 50 years old. Is it just uh, me or is it weird to go say uh, happy birthday to your dad when he's just soaking his nuts? So weird. There's no That's bubbles. Really There's no weird. bubbles covering him up in that tub. It's dick so is out. And, and then he tries to drag it. He's going to pile drive his son into the dick. He's going to grab <laughs> it. Was like, uh, he's reaching up to grab uh, it. Uh, like ah. And his one daughter is like 22. Yeah. Question. How many people of that age actually take baths? Another weird thing. He was probably just relaxing. <laughs> I don't know, but so uh, just real quick, Mel Gibson is a fucking suicidal cop who literally should not be a cop. We got I I can't wait to get into that. Um, They get partnered up together kind of to keep Mel Gibson in line because Danny Glover is more like straight, straight lace. He's not going to hopefully be suicidal. Like the uh, like police psychologist, like this person is a danger to have on the street. It's like, nah, it's cool. It's, you know what? No, I'm not even gonna get into the. I'm not even gonna get into the full synopsis. That's it. That's it. And then they're investigating heroin. Well, yeah, it's like a girl kills herself, and they are investigating it because they think that turns out it's a murder. Somebody poisoned her, Mm -hmm. and there's some like 
loose shit about heroin dealing and Tom, their Atkins. Man Tom Atkins is in it. <laughs> yeah. And Gary Busey's in it, but not nearly enough. Our um, Lord and Savior uh, Tom Atkins. Yeah. There's two Honestly, things about this movie and that scene that fucked me up. It's I hate heights and then the entire um uh Jenny scene in Forrest Gump where she goes on the rail oh. does the exact same oh, thing yes. as Freebird doing. Yeah. My heart the entire time. Like I haven't watched this in years, obviously. We do this a lot where I'm like, I'm sitting the whole time I'm like, I know what happens, but I'm just like, fuck. Like they come on, just just get over the goddamn it already. Yeah. Well, then they do the ledge scene again with him and the jumper there. But, com- but comedically. I love that scene. But comedic. Oh, oh, Mel Gibson, piece of shit, but he's a fucking star. Oh, absolutely. That mullet. That yeah. mullet. I was thinking they would never do a movie now where a cop is so openly, like, putting a gun in his mouth, like, three oh, or four times. It was, times. like, the best portrayal, the most accurate portrayal of a police officer I've ever seen on screen. It might be. Oh. It might be. Although, a total psychopath, basically. Although, they're a little too cavalier about him just, like, yeah, you just kill someone every day. Like, yeah. like, ah, oh, you're dead. <laughs> it's part of the job. When, like, yeah. it's like, What? He kills a lot of, he just murders, straight up murders a lot of dudes. No, well, it's like that entire scene, like we were just joking about, where he does the whole, I mean, it, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie, is him on the roof. He's like, you want to go? Let's go. And jumps. And even Danny Glover pulls him into that, like, abandoned, like, business right after. He's like, yeah. do you want to kill yourself? He's like, yeah, yeah. And they do the whole gun thing. I'm like, uh, Dude, you might do it. And you're going to regret their, that. Um, their chemistry is undeniable, though. I mean... We watch a special uh, hollow point bullet to, so that he makes sure he does the job. He's like an extra dark little like. He's dark. Oh, I was like, oh, detail. Somebody, uh, like somebody act. Do you think? Do you think Logan took a nice closet, little like, note from that? Well, Logan's like he has the fucking uh, uh, adamantium bullet. And he doesn't. He doesn't do it, but he keeps it for that oh, reason. That's a I feel like it was a nice nod to lethal weapon. Yeah, Australian actor. Yeah. Not racist, but super racist. You know, those two. Both suppressing their gay gayness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both uh, Holocaust deniers. That's well known. <laughs> <laughs> Whose music is that? It's the Lethal Weapon soundtrack. Ignore it like the movie oh, does. So I, I okay. so I so I will say this. I was. Is Danny Glover driving down the fucking street and this music is playing over it? And you're like, what is happening? I was Why watching. Is this so sexy. I was watching uh, this movie, and Laura has no affiliation to this, except she was like, I could only think of it's always sunny. And the, the the movies they made for Little Lethal Weapon, and then I couldn't stop not thinking of them just switching fucking roles. They're better. Those movies are better at the same time. Like I said, I mean, I don't. We're not. We could talk a little more about the movie, but like the more I'm watching it, the more I was just reminded of why I like I. You're just like. To me, I know these were like classics and these were like big hits, but they're like lesser action movies. They're mostly just kind of boring, and I don't like like I would never put this on instead of like a dozen other movies. There's so many action movies I would watch before I ever watched Lethal Weapon. Well, I was gonna say like as most of you know, big fan of Blue Bloods. Love Blue Bloods, guys. Shout out Johnny Wahlberg. Shout out all those guys. This is literally just. A long SVU Blue Bloods episode. That's all fucking is. That's There's all no action, action movies became, or most became like this. The cop procedurals, Procedural, yeah. just 
Um, there was one. Note like, why I, would you ever watch this movie instead of Tango and Cash? Right? Like you would just watch Tango and Cash. Never so I think so much watch High Noon. I think Yusuf watched uh, this documentary, but remember that doc on HBO a while ago called Casting By about that uh, a female uh, casting director. Um, I've heard of him. It's a really interesting documentary, but they made such a point. This is a woman who just like ruled Hollywood of casting and how important casting is. Um, One of our topics. They made such a point by being like, she casted Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, and it was a grueling casting process, and she nailed it, and this was a hit because the studio didn't want, like, you know, these also two. Also, 48 Hours already existed. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, uh, I would say, like, answer this question now, if you're going to talk about that. Out of these two guys, right? Yeah. Danny Glover, Mel Gibson. I don't think these movies work without Danny Glover. No. You could cast a Mel Gibson, a crazy fucking no, asshole, I, white I dude just, who's fucking just insane, suicidal. But, like, Danny Glover's, like, I'm too over this shit lives amongst movie quoting. But like, there, there's something about could the be Mel Gibson-ness of it where, like, he goes crazy and they're like, all right, let's go grab a beer. Yeah, where I, I mean, like you said, like, on. regardless of the man's personal, he he's always, like, as far he's as like, he always brings it when he's on screen. Like, um, I do want to break down like, the well gun thing. in his mouth is emotional. It's, like, I, it's disturbing. I do want to add, which is kind of wild, because uh, I looked at some of the trivia. Mel Gibson turned down two really odd roles to do this movie, The Fly, the Jeff Goldblum Fly, Good. and The Untouchables. Uh, he was going to be the Kevin Costner role, I, I assume. I assume that's what this... this like, uh, is that Elliot Ness? I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 Which is weird because, like, The it's Fly, Jeff, only Jeff Goldblum's in that, and Untouchables are fucking... Um, Arguably, Mel might have a better body. Ironically, Untouchables like, is very touchable. You can recast anybody. Yeah. Jeff is yeah. a better sweaty body. If, if uh, the Jeff only is, Jeff like was lankier. You know, he had that like yeah. weird kind of like he he's a weird was, man. So you would yeah. you would assume that somebody like do, him would become a fly. I think also Jeff Goldblum could do the Mel Gibson role though. So TJ, you do have a good point. I just don't think you can. I I don't think you replace Danny Glover with anybody. No, I mean it'd be hard to replace any like Mel Gibson with someone. But I Keith David. It. It's tough. I mean, I could maybe be wrong. Keith yeah. David. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think he's vulnerable enough. Like Danny, you know, uh, yeah. like Danny Glover has a level of like he's a tough guy, he's but kind. also he seems kind of vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's nice. Who, who makes that butt? bathtub scene seem relatable enough to her be like, my whole family's here, and they're actually a 14-year-old kid and another kid. Everybody can clearly see my dick, for sure. So so I did want to talk about with this movie one thing, though. So it's directed by Richard Donner. And what what an interesting slew of fucking movies that man directed. Yeah, right? Like, he starts with The Omen, omen, (laughs) then goes... Then does two kids movies in Superman 1 and 2. I mean, like, family movies. And then the Goonies. And he does the, in between also, he does the toy, which is really racist. Um, and then, then he goes and does Lethal Weapon. But then he does Scrooged, like... And he made sure to do all four Lethal Weapons. Which means yeah. he was like, no, they're, they're my baby. movies. It's it's a real West like Craven screen. I gotta I gotta capture I gotta capture uh, Mel Gibson rolling and shooting at the same time. 
Like this is my cinema. That was a, and also but the in the thing of the filming of this movie, did anyone notice the tone shifts in this fucking movie are so dramatic? Oh yeah. Like all everything, of that- everything is very jarring. The comedy, the the music, the fucking suicide, the action, the, the ending action bit of the it's like, you're, where am I going here? Rolling around in the rain with cops watching them just beat the shit out of each other. What used to pass for martial style. arts in movies, in American movies, is embarrassing, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, the <grill laughs> Although, I do have to say, I liked that he ended with a little grappling. I was like, oh, yeah, you locked that triangle in, baby. You get him. <laughs> <laughs> That's like early, early MMA days. Like, yeah. Like, basically, uh, cinema wouldn't have been like, ooh, you're a shit right now. They would have been like, what is happening in this <laughs> in this backyard? I found it, I found the movie fun, but, like, make, make it a, shave off 20 minutes, you know? I was watching, I was watching this movie, and I realized something, and it's, I probably have realized it before, but now I can say it out loud to tens of people. Um, the, Hollywood was obsessed with proving that you're a tough guy, by holding your hand above a flame. Like, when oh, oh, yeah. this dude is crazy, give him a light. I, I will say that he did it on the soft part of his arm, which is way more impressive than doing it with your hand. Yusuf, you know what I always think of about that? I think of uh, Coming to America. I was Joan of Arc. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing in my head. I was like, she did it like on the meat of her fucking forearm. Too. Yeah? I was Joan yeah. of Arc in the past. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Probably would end that date right then. Um, way tougher than me. Not I don't know. Like, high school football, dude. <laughs> what a what any? I yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a late it's a it's a fine action movie. I I think it's a late it's a it's a lazy Christmas movie. Like I'm glad this doesn't get thrown in with the Die Hard because like that's never gonna end. Yeah. Like it was every, very awkward. The 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 dinner scene was very awkward with the late with the daughter being just like. So giving, Mel Gibson. Oh, it was so. And the dad is like looking at her like, uh, but they cut it out. Like, yeah, she's like yeah. salivating. Yeah. Like, yeah, Kev's, it's like, very cool awkward. down a little bit. Jesus, yeah, relax. Well, she's like, a racist asshole. You really don't want to get like, in here. I like the fourth one. You realize, obviously, Chris Rock become comes in and. But like, oh yeah, I can see she went for a real Mel Gibson type. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but they, but you know, wait, movies, wait. She's like, I'm obsessed with this guy. Wait, you know that uh, Chris Rock shit? They rewrote so that character was written to be gay, and it wasn't working. So they re oh. So they rewrote it. Whoa! I just read this. They Is re- that why they make the joke that he wants to like? Yeah. Danny Glover. Yeah. And then they rewrote it. Wow. That he well, was you the fucked one. that whole movie up for me. That was the one. No, no, but he's not. That was the one they they rewrote it so that he knocks up Danny Glover's daughter. But him and his daughter really never share a scene together because they never really planned for them to be a couple in the script. Like that. They movie, got scared. They got a case of the not gays. They got cold feet. <laughs> yeah, like that movie was written like they didn't have an ending. They just said start filming and they just start writing it on the fly. Like, think about the, I was, I kind of looked into Lethal Weapons a little bit. It's weird. In 1989, and then they pumped four movies out in under 10 years. That's what I was saying. Last you movie, think, last when you look back, you look back on it, you think you're like, oh, Lethal 
action franchise. Actually, the first Lethal Weapon comes out after Die Hard. It's like not. It's not a. It's not a trendsetter. It's a. It's a follow. You know what I mean? It's a. Yeah. It's a follow behind. It's a. It's a wannabe. Like it kind of like, came uh, much wanna, later. Uh, I rather. I think the first Lethal Weapon is comparable to Rush Hour, which is you know. But for the you know buddy cop more sometimes drama rush hour is so like just it's a better movie. Well, you're gonna Brian, watch. I was you this like right when Hawkeye came out you're like this is the what you get for casting young kids at an early age and they just become uglier. Yeah. They yeah. stuck with these kids throughout the entire fucking franchise. These kids are in the whole franchise. Yeah, huh? they grew they up. Get ugly? Nope, not at all. They actually stayed. They looked exactly the same throughout the rest. So like. It's only 10 and years. The fourth one, which I have my own, I love the fourth. Four's fun. Yeah. The fourth one's a big I remember the big thing about four was with Jet Li and, like, the promos I was seeing was, like, he was so fast, he kept accidentally smacking Mel Gibson in the face. Which <laughs> I thought was probably he awesome. He had Richard Donner had to ask him to slow down his punches. Yeah. Classic uh, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee uh, lore. Yeah. Four. Um, uh, nobody kicked Bruce Lee's ass. <laughs> First, no one kicked Bruce's ass. So, uh, do you guys uh, have anything else you want to share about Lethal Weapons, or are we ready? No, to... I, mean, I just, I just, it just washed over me. I just, at first I was taking notes, and then I just sat back and I was like, huh, this is okay, that's fun. Uh, I do want to say, I already I said it on Twitter, action. I said it on Twitter, but probably the tens of people that don't follow me there, High Noon, or is better than Russia. High Noon, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Noon. Okay. Oh yeah. Shanghai. And then but Shanghai Knights has Donnie Yen in it, so yeah. with the fireworks well, fight, that, like it's it's like these movies that I mean, Lethal Weapon. I'm one of those guys like <laughs> one and Lethal Weapon four. I don't remember two and three at all. To be fair, I don't I'm remember two you, who, what, who was in it, who was the bad guy, what went. I remember you know, because of Joe Pesci. That's pretty much it. I think I'm gonna throw him on his background movies tomorrow or something. Just well, I mean. Joe, Joe Pesci laundering the money and then yeah. um, well, I'll say I'll, I'll talk about like emasculating a dude as much as they did with Joe Pesci. He was like, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like the entire time you're just like they hate his character, but Joe Pesci is a fucking he's you know, a treasure. He's Joe Pesci's he's a national treasure. I not give him a little I feel like Mel Gibson has something to do with that one, but at this point, who the fuck knows? I don't know. Joe Pesci cannot do you wrong. He's. I think he batted perfectly in terms of his acting. Hey, we let's we he gets one he got one um one mulligan for eight heads in a duffel bag. I'll say what about boat trip? Oh, he's in boat trip. Yeah, with Danny Glover. He's in Danny Glover was in boat. You're you're talking about the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie? No, no. What are you talking about? Fishing. It's a fishing movie. Is it Gone Fishing? Yeah. Boat Trips, the movie about Cuba Gooding Jr. and Horatio Sands end up on a gay cruise. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm thinking of, but I think it's Gone Fishing or something. Talk it's about another person that's lover. Shout out Lethal Weapon 4 where they're on a boat fishing and they catch a shark. Ooh, well, guys, you said, you said, oh, shout um, out Joe versus the Volcano where they also do that. Well, guys, cast, we uh, are getting a we Lethal cast, Weapon I'm request Dunny with uh, John Witherspoon. There you go. That's Ooh, Pops. Uh, we are getting uh, uh, Lethal Weapon Five, I believe. Yeah. Oh, we so we're gonna to. they're gonna try to do a soft reboot of it. Uh, Can't wait. And uh, movie I they rewatched. They have a TV show. 
there is there was a TV show with like Chris like Chris O'Donnell. Damon Wayans? No, Chris O'Donnell's with Hawaii Five O. It's Damon Wayans, and then some guy I'm not familiar with, and then they they kicked him off the show because he didn't get along with Damon Wayans. And it was Sean William Scott, right, who replaced him. No, yeah, replaced him, yes. Wait, yeah. Sean William Scott replaced Damon Wayans? No, no replaced the other guy. I like Sean. I like both those actors. So. Well, I was going to say, like, there was the, the great yeah, duo that I wish would work together, or dream duo. So I was going to say, if we can get Ice Cube and Chris Tucker back together, which they probably will do for Amazon Plus or, like, some crazy-ass thing. Or The Rock and Sean William Scott the rundown. Yeah. Oh, the rock is done, dude. He's voidless. Yeah, fair. If you can't right. have chemistry with Ryan Reynolds, which is just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like. What are you doing? What are you, you doing, bro? Is, yeah. This is chemistry. Uh, all right. Let's go to the ratings. Ratings phase. Ratings phase. All right. All right, Yusuf. What would you hit this with? That's five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in right then. Then uh, I'll give this like this is one of those movies that instant classic '80s. That if I had 25 movies I had to fill in for an '80s bracket, this might hit the 26 to 50 <laughs> type of range. Gosh, um, yeah. It's not the top 25, but I will give this probably a 6.8. Um, Christmas trees that Mel Gibson rolls through. In the opening scene, because he ruins so many fuck Christmas trees in that goddamn scene. But uh, yeah, six point eight. It's a good movie. It's a fun like cop procedural. I love Blue Blood. Shout out Donnie Wahlberg. Uh, Brian, hey, have you eaten a Wahlburger? Has he done anything racist that I I'm just like pulling myself into? Probably he's a Wahlberg. Have you eaten Wahlberg or Donnie? <laughs> He's well, I know Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg is a, a married to fucking anti-vax Jenny McCarthy. He's he's definitely Ooh, something. Yeah, that's not so. Good. Take back any of the blue blood things I've ever said before. <laughs> also, Tom Selleck problematic. Also, fuck. Anyway, is he? I shout out the woman. Yeah, not really. He's just right winger. Oh. Well, Tom Brady's wife is in the in the show too. He cheated on with uh, Giselle. Oh, nice. Kid with her. So shout out uh, Marguerite Hargrey. I don't know her name. Fucking name. Anyway, Brian, what's your rating? What's your uh, Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah, I mean, this is like, yeah, real. I'm kind of with you, Seth. This is kind of like right down the middle. Uh, it's pretty by the numbers cop movie, propped up by some above average performances. Back to from plane. From strong actors. So I'd probably give this like a five also. It's not yeah. bad. It's not offensive, but I just. I'm I'm never gonna pick it over the other. There's so many other action movies I like better. You know, I'm going. Uh, I'm going again kind of the same way between in the middle between you guys. Five point four Holland uh, bullets. It's all right. I, I if it's on, I think I'd watch it. I don't. I've, I have no disdain for it. I don't think it's bad. It was there. I'm glad we picked it for the show and we all kind of got oh, yeah. to revisit it. All right, Yusuf, I believe you're picking. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, this episode drops the 9th or 10th, and then our next episode probably will drop on the 23rd, 24th, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a fucking straight-up Christmas movie. We're not, we're not dicking around. We're not dicking around, and this is straight for, for my, my uh, old fellow over here. I'm tickling his his fancy. And we're doing 
Uh, Muppets, The Christmas Story. Muppet I've Christmas actually Carol, never seen Muppets. I also have Muppet not either. Because there are a couple of Muppet movies. Muppet uh, Christmas, Christmas, yeah, the Scrooge, Scrooge, the Scrooge one. I've Christmas never seen Carol, it. Yeah. Never Muppet seen Christmas it. Carol. It's on Laura and I's list this year, so that is perfect. It is a masterpiece. So <laughs> is, I hate. I don't want to tip my hand, but that's a ten out of ten movie, right? I've there. heard. I've only heard everyone. I, yes, we. Yeah, are are all we'll mutual watching, friends. Sam. Thanks to the end of this show, I will now be singing the song the rest of the evening. So. <laughs> all right. Tune in for two weeks. We're doing the Muppets Christmas Carol. Where can the people find you, people? You can find me at Chendinga1 and on Flyover State of Fear on this network and the Twitter handle Flyover, Flyover, I don't know, Flyover State of Fear handle. Um, and uh, we'll just talk horror movies. We have some good contact coming out. Uh, we have the star of Velocipaster joining us to talk Disturbia uh, in the coming weeks. And, uh, and Janine, the machine from the Schmodown, joining us to talk Scream towards the end of the month so uh you have some good december and january episodes time forward. for the new one yeah, yeah. You guys uh, on, tj you guys are on flyers of film youtube check us out there all different shows obviously uh flyers of fear flyers of film all of our brackets you want to go back for christmas we're not going to do one this year we're not going to do a christmas episode but we have best santa Couple different brackets you guys can check out for the holidays. I never seen never. Maybe a minute bra- mini bracket next episode. Who knows? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yo, our best Santa episode is good. If you guys, if you are looking yes. to look, much check that out. Um, Yusef's going to put it right episode. here in the middle of the John. He yeah. won't. But anyways, um, I'm also on TJ Dex on Twitter. Not hating Spider Man Two. I swear to God, I don't hate it, but it's not a good movie. Love you, Brian. Oh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well, at Herskillies, um, taking a hard stand about Prometheus, probably. Yeah, go fight with Milan, he's saying Chucky sucks. Bye! Bye. 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 Bye.